Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lenny Susskind may well be the only top-flight theoretical physicist who began his career as a plumber. Born Leonardo Susskind in 1940, by the time he was in his mid-30s, he'd established an enviable reputation as an elementary particle physicist and an exceptionally lucid lecturer, as I often saw for myself as a student. Now based at Stanford University, Susskind has proved himself to be an original thinker full of imaginative ideas about the way the world works. My name is Graham Farmelow, and I'm the author of the book The Universe Speaks in Numbers. And this is one of 20 interviews, most of them with leading experts involved in the overlap between physics and mathematics. I was eager to speak with Susskind because his approach to theoretical physics is rather less mathematical than most of the theorists who feature in the latter part of my book. His primary focus has always been principles and ideas, not fancy mathematics. I began by asking him about his childhood in the South Bronx. He told me that he was not particularly academic as a child, and that as a teenager, he began to work alongside his father, who owned a flourishing plumbing business. Lenny hated being a plumber. It was a dirty, ugly job, he now remembers. And he didn't give much thought about going to college until his father had an idea for developing the family business. My father had the idea, this was in the South Bronx, that there were all these old tenement buildings from the 19th century that all had heating systems, furnaces and uh, and boilers and things. And he intuited correctly that they were dying, they were finished, uh, and they would have to be replaced. And so he decided he could make a good living by getting into the business of replacing the heating systems in the old tenement buildings, Mm -hmm. of which he was eminently qualified. Mm -hmm. The only problem is he didn't. He, he was a little worried about whether he knew enough about the um, engineering of heating. He had a fifth grade education. That was mm. it. Particular, he uh, there would be manuals about how to do, and there were words in it that he didn't know. One of the words he didn't know was BTU, British Thermal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this intimidated him to some extent. So he uh, decided, I should go to college and go to engineering school, learn mechanical engineering, and then we would go into business doing this. Susskind enrolled at the City College of New York to study engineering, though he was not really cut out for it. He remembers an engineering professor telling him to drop out of the engineering course and specialise in something else. He said, 
you're really smart, you should be a scientist of some oh, sort. Okay. And this was the best advice I ever had in my life. Oh, okay. And uh, he was concerned about me. He knew that I didn't mm -hmm. like engineering. Oh, and, um, and I didn't know it, but he had spotted me as somebody with talent. Suskin decided on what he really wanted to do after he came into the orbit of one of the college's mathematics professors, a winner of the prestigious Fields Medal, and also, in Suskin's recollection, completely nuts. I took a class with him, this advanced calculus or something. He would not come into classes. When he didn't come into classes, uh, the, the department chairman told him, you have to be there for your classes. And Jesse Douglas said, why? And, and the answer was, if for no other reason, so the students can see your happy face. <laughs> so we came into class one day. There's a big picture of Jesse Douglas smiling oh, on the no. front of the blackboard. No Jesse Douglas. But, you know, he would teach every so often, blabber on and on, and then every so often he would say something really magical about mathematics. Right. Just, oh, my God. So he decided to take me as his um, as his protege, and he would give me problems to solve, and sometimes I could solve the problems. And uh, I was thinking, okay, maybe I should be a mathematician. And again, somebody came to my rescue, Jesse Douglas, and he said, "You know, you're really, really smart." And this this must have pained him because mm -hmm. he was not somebody to tell anybody they were smart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He said, "You're really smart." He said, but you don't have the mind of a mathematician. And right. that was true. I said, what should I do? He huh. said, you have the mind of a physicist. Oh, okay. So I went over to the physics department, and I ran into a guy by the name of Harry Sudak. Harry Sudak was somebody from the same background that I came from, very much so. He was a physics professor, and he really took me under his wing. And he taught me something that I really didn't know, two things I really didn't know. One is that... Yes, there is a profession called physics where there is still physics to be done, and it is not all the work of a uh, 200-year dead, uh, yeah. Yeah. dead white Englishmen or yeah. Germans or whatever. So I learned from him that there was still f that physics was a living, breathing thing, yeah. which I didn't know. And the other thing I found out from him is you could make a profession of it. Mm -hmm. You could be a physics professor. Right. And at that point, I knew, you know, this is what, this is the way I want to spend my life. Having decided to become a physicist, Suskin knew he had to tell his father that his son was not going to follow in his footsteps. I knew I had to tell him. So I got in my car with my wife and my child, and we drove over to my father's house and went downstairs in the basement where he was working. And I walked in, and I was really, I was really upset. I just blurted out, Benny, um, not going to be a, uh, an engineer. Mm. And I can't, you know, I can't really remember this happening, but I know that it happened because it's one of these things mm. that you remember remembering yeah. over and over again. And it just became real. He said to me, this is what I remember remembering. Uh, and I think he said something, what the hell are you going to be, a ballet dancer or something like yeah. that? And I said, no, a physicist. And he had never heard the word physicist, and he heard pharmacist. And he said, no, you ain't going to work in any drugstore. Huh. And I said, no, no, not a pharmacist, a physicist. And he said, what is that? And by luck, I said the right thing. I, I, I said, like Einstein. <laughs> yes. right? Because I didn't know who else to yeah, say. He yeah, wouldn't yeah. have heard of anybody else like Einstein. And you have to understand, I mean, my father... Although a fifth-grade education, he had an enormous um, 
intellectual side to him, or a, a caring about intellectual mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And when he heard Einstein, you know, being a Jew from New York, and, uh, and Einstein was the great hero of um, in many, many ways, mm-hmm. he just looked at me and he said, are you any good at this? And I said, yes, I think I'm very good at it. I, yeah. I think I'm good at it. I can't tell for sure, but I think yeah. I'm very good at it. He thought, thought it over, and he said, okay, all right, if that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. My mother came in with my wife, and she was crying. Oh. She was crying because she was worried I wasn't going to be able to make a living, mm. and this and that. The baby was going to starve. And she said something, and my father just shot her a look. And this I do remember. And he just looked at her and said, shut up. He was very kind to my mother. He was mm. not an abusive person. No. Um, shut up. He's going to be Einstein. And that was the end of it. By the mid-1970s, Lenny Susskind was a star. He had a distinctive style and wide interests. It seemed to me that he was much more strongly focused on trying to understand how the world works than in trying to comprehend state-of-the-art mathematics. I think that's fair. Yes, I think that's right. But from time to time, I find myself getting involved with very mathematical things. And at first, it's an enormous struggle. For example, now, now what do I work on? I'm working on this subject of quantum complexity. It's a highly mathematical subject, really mathematical. And Would you like to say what it is, roughly? Roughly? <laughs> it's a thing that came out of computer science and quantum computer science. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with the questions of how difficult it is to... Uh, to carry out a computer program, let's say. How many steps does it take to yep. do something that you train? You want to do a task. How complicated is a task? Well, one measure of how complicated mm-hmm. it is, how many simple operations do you have to do to carry out the task? Mm-hmm. That's called complexity theory. Yep. Quantum complexity theory is the quantum mechanical version of mm-hmm. it. And at some point, and uh, while I was thinking very hard about black holes, I realized that there was a place in it for this quantum complexity. Mm-hmm. It answered a question. But, you know, I had to learn a little bit about what quantum complexity is, mm-hmm. what complexity is. Mm-hmm. And so where do I look when I need to learn a piece of mathematics? I look on Wikipedia because I don't have any books. You, be- you began Wikipedia. with Wikipedia? Wikipedia. I, began, I always begin with Wikipedia. And it's dreadful because the mathematicians who write... They don't seem to have any capacity at all to be able to communicate with anybody. But themselves? A, yeah. Why? They're terrible. They're terrible communicators. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, of course, no, no. But, uh, but a large fraction of them. Uh, why that is, I don't know. Uh, and have you always, I, I, know, I know Wikipedia's not been there throughout your career, but have you always basically, uh, as, a, as a physicist way back from the 70s, wasn't it, mm-hmm. you were starting to uh, really, really make an impact, um, have you always gone to elementary books or elementary sources rather than I to... I have a real aversion to, um, to math lingo, to yeah. math speak. I have an extreme aversion to it, uh, and I cannot stand to read it. So yeah. I always am looking for some place where a thing is explained at the, almost the level of a layperson. Once I get the idea, I can fill in the steps myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's always been the case that I try to find a place where I can learn it in the easiest possible language. And Wikipedia is not it, no. but basically there is no place. Yeah, yeah I see. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I struggle through with a little bit, get the idea, and then I can do the mathematics. And mm-hmm. I'm probably a pretty good mathematician, although I'm not good at the most abstract way yeah. of thinking. Mm-hmm. I tend to think very concretely. 
very concretely, rather than abstract and in great generalizations. Sounds a bit Feynman-like. Feynman was a good friend of mine, yeah. and I think one of the reasons we were good friends is because there was a sort of commonality mm. to, uh, to, our, um, uh, to our way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so, yes, I think so. Because to put myself in the category of Feynman is, a, is, a, uh, is an act of chutzpah, as they say. No, no, it's, yeah, I just talk about your approach that yeah. uh, uh, I, I would suggest he's a great problem solver without question. Yeah. But I don't think he and was, I was also a good problem solver. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was great at high school mathematics. Mm. Oh, man, like an I idea. solve problems. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I now understand that mathematicians don't solve problems anymore. I'm still a good problem solver. The thing is, they're more interested in the structure of generalizations mm. and, uh, mm. and so forth. The mathematicians that I've had the best luck with understanding in written form and so forth were Russian mathematicians. Mm. Those who did not like the fancified French way of thinking of doing mathematics, mm. the Bourbaki, uh, yeah. the Bourbaki bots, and uh, so I, uh, I tend to go to the Russian mathematicians when I want to understand mm -hmm. something. After the standard model of subatomic particles took its final shape in the early 1970s, fundamental physics gradually became more mathematical, especially in the 1980s, when the supply of new clues from experiments slowed down. Most young theoretical physicists are now trained in branches of mathematics that their predecessors 40 years ago had scarcely heard of. What's Suskin's view of this mathematical trend? Real success in uh, physics was string theory, the development of string theory. That was me, me and Nambu. The invention of string theory is usually attributed to me and Nambu. And it wasn't very mathematical at that time, but I soon found myself uh, trying, to, uh, trying to do problems that required mathematics. And so I was probably the first one in that context to use certain kinds of mathematics that, uh, that are now common knowledge, to, but which are pretty damn mathematical at mm -hmm. the time. Uh, elliptic functions, Jacobi theta functions, uh, all sorts of fancy mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Ramanujan, uh, mm -hmm. the Hardy-Ramanujan formula, which, uh, which I didn't know at all. I had this problem. I had this problem that, uh, that when I calculated something, I got some infinite product. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what it was. I looked at it. I had no idea what that uh, So I had a friend who was a mathematician, Donald Newman, and I showed him the product. And I said, what is this? And he said, oh, that's the Hardy-Ramanujan thing. Just look in Whitaker and Whitaker's book of page 444 or something. Mm -hmm. I looked at the book. I found the function. I found out what it was a little bit, maybe, uh, maybe two or three pages of how to use it. And that was very mathematical, mm -hmm. at least at the time, by standards of the time. When I worked on lattice gauge theory what's called Hamiltonian lattice gauge theory, which was also a subject. The mathematics by now was very, very simple to people. The people in our field didn't know it at that time. Certain kinds of uh, group theory and things. And so again, I learned the minimal amount that I needed and then was able to do it. But I never formally learned mathematics in any formal sense after elementary calculus. And that never got you into trouble? No, I don't okay. think it did. No, I don't think it ever, it ever did. Right. Now, you know, I do have a rapid, reputation as being um, uh, rather cavalier with mathematics. Mm -hmm. uh, I think somebody here at the conference the last week, uh, Aronson, Aronson was describing his interaction with me, and he said, uh, well, Lenny says, 
I don't do proof. You do it. So I have a reputation of being pretty uh, loose with mathematics. But you don't get things wrong. I mean, I it, it's a bit like Feynman in a way that you just, it doesn't well, have to be rigorous, but you can go on the right Here's my feeling about it, oh. that there are more than one way to know things. Yeah. Mathematical proof is one way, but there are other ways. If I go to my gar- garage with my car and my car isn't working well... Mm. And the um, mechanic looks under the hood and says, oh, I know what it is. It's the carburetor. There aren't carburetors in cars anymore, I mm-hmm. understand. He says, it's the carburetor. I don't ask him for a mathematical proof. No. Mm-hmm. He's experienced. He's seen many cars. He knows that if the, if the car behaves this way, uh, and if he pokes it over here and he pokes it over there, mm-hmm. then it's probably the carburetor. What does Suskin think of the current state of fundamental physics? I'm extremely excited by the questions. Personally, I'm not particularly concerned with uh, the... Uh, you know, I, I originally was officially an elementary particle physicist. Mm-hmm. Elementary particles is not going so well. There's no new experimental input, and nobody really knows what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of reaching a point of... Um, should I call it diminishing returns? It, it, it could change. It mm-hmm. could easily change. Uh, and um, I, I don't think that's doing very well. It's not the fault of the physicists. Mm. It's just the fact that they've reached a barrier and with no possible access experimentally to things that, are, that we're not doing very well figuring out um, mm-hmm. theoretically. So that's not doing exceptionally well. My guess is the same thing may happen to cosmology, that they will eventually run, and they're fairly close to it now, uh, running out of um, new data. and uh, uh, So it may also be a barrier there. It may run. But on the other hand, there are other areas that, uh, that are incredibly exciting to me. In particular, this, uh, these questions about the connection between quantum mechanics and gravity. I find them extremely exciting. Whole new ways of thinking about the world and whole new ways, and it's progressing beautifully with people, especially like Maldesener and uh, mm-hmm. he, a few others, are really, really changing the way we think about uh, quantum mechanics, mm-hmm. about gravity. I just find that incredibly exciting. So, for me, I had no trouble saying, okay, elementary particles is not going anywhere, I'm going to think about gravity. How refreshing it is to hear someone, a senior person, actually say, well, the whole field's gone to pot. You're saying the opposite. You're saying there's plenty of things to do. No, it's it's amazing, the ideas that are going on. Yeah. Um, And I... Maybe I'm just a person who genetically gets excited easily. But boy, do I find what's going on now uh, exciting. I think really, in many ways... Uh, the kind of things, the kind of questions that I had hoped to be studying when I entered physics, the deep questions, mm. the questions that I would have hoped to be around, that I might have hoped to be around when quantum mm. mechanics was mm. being invented, mm. but I found myself coming in a little too late. Mm. Okay, elementary particles are interesting. Quantum field theory had been basically worked out by my friend Feynman and Schwinger and, mm. uh, and Dyson mm. and, and so forth. And, um, yeah, elementary particles are interesting, or experiments and so forth, but I didn't find it as exciting and as fundamental and, uh, and the principles as deep 
as I might have hoped that the, mm. you know, what Einstein worked on. Mm. Remember, I was mm. going to be Einstein, mm. you have to remember. Mm. And so, in a sense, it was almost a little bit of a disappointment. <laughs> Let me now, think. I don't feel that way. Boy, do I not no. feel that way now. No, I feel very much that we're building entirely new principles about the connection between gravity, quantum mechanics, the two most fundamental things, and I think that's, that's just incredibly exciting. Finally, I asked Suskind what his father made of the young Leonardo's success after he'd abandoned plumbing for physics. Yeah, let's see, he died in 1978. So I was already a, um, I was, what was that? I was 1978. Uh, I must have been 38 years old, yeah. Um, I was already a professor at Stanford oh. before that I had oh. been a, no, oh. I, before that I had been arrived, a professor yeah. in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. And your mother too? Yeah, she saw that. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think my father really um, cared that much about the prestige and so forth. I think. But his plumbing business did okay. Eh, not really. It killed him. It killed. Oh, him. It physically no. killed him. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean. I don't mean that uh, you know a, a truck fell on him. I mean, no, no, no. It, it killed his health. Uh, yeah. But he, but he, he regarded it as a good move for you to go into the Einstein oh, I'm sure field. He did. I'm sure he did. Yeah, I'm sure he did in the end. But it was also, in many ways, a disappointment. I, um, he had hoped that he and I would be in business together. So I don't, I doubt that he ever got over the disappointment of not uh, of, of the two of us being together. And, uh, mm. But yes, he was very supportive. You know, Einstein, towards the end of his life, um, in some comment, I think it was after the Oppenheimer trial, said he sometimes wish he'd been a plumber. You I don't think he knew what that meant. <laughs> Honestly, do not think he knew I'm what sure that he, meant. I'm, I'm sure he was speaking better. Okay, Albert, you want to be a plumber? Okay, I'll show you what that is. Oh dear, you yeah. won't like it. It was wonderful to hear that Suskind is still hugely enjoying working at the frontiers of physics. At a slow time for theorists who mainly seek guidance from the results of new experiments, he's continuing to advance our understanding of nature's fundamental forces even without taking a mathematical approach. For theorists with Suskin's insight and imagination, there are still plenty of opportunities to make progress. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.